brought us. He brought us out. He took us out of the kingdom of darkness and translated you. Y'all believe in translation? You've already done it one time. <laughs> You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, that it is what we call Happy New Year. But Father God, no, we thank you, Lord, you were doing things long before this day. We're just stepping into the things that you planned out. We're just stepping into the things that you purposed. Go ahead and let's, if we're not doing it, we're in it. Glory to God. Don't touch that channel. Don't turn me off. I'll come to your house and straighten you out. You stay right there. I'm just kidding. Praise God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you for who you are. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in these United States of America. We thank you, Father God, that there is an awakening going across the nation. We thank you, Father God, for every state, that there is a light, there is a movement, there is a coming alive, there is a rising, there is a shine, there is a taking back, there is a taking over, and there is a putting down. And we thank you, Father God, this light is risen and it spreads into the nations of the earth. All the places that we've heard that we have sown uh, seeds into, whether it be uh, sending missionaries or whether it be sending finances and prayers. We thank you, Lord, that we that seed that is in the ground that was talked about uh, just minutes ago. We thank you, Father God. It, it would be wrong. It would be uh, against the principle of sowing not to have reaping. So we declare with that we are in the stage that we are in the fulfillment of reaping. We are in the place of reaping. 2023 will be a year of great reaping in the name of Jesus. We have sown and we will sow. But 2023 is the year of suddenlies. I hear the Holy Ghost say, get ready for the suddenlies. I'm doing the suddenlies. I'm, I'm turning things around suddenly. Things that you have waited for. Things that look like it was never going to turn. Things that look like it was no way possible. I will do it in a moment's notice and I will come as I came. As you read in Acts chapter 2, as, as a rushing mighty wind and suddenly the house was filled and suddenly the situation turned around and suddenly the report changed. For I watch over my word to perform my word. And I have heard the prayers of the saints and their prayers have come up before me as a sweet smelling savor. Oh, and I will, I will perform all of my word and who will hinder me? Who will stop me? Who has the power to stand in my face and say it will not be so? For one has already tried that and you know, you know of his demise. So I will do all of my work and I will do all of my will. So I say join in. I say, I say partner with me. Walk with me. Work with me. Let me show you how I bring increase into your life, into the kingdom, in fulfillment of all, all, all that I have planned for you from the beginning of the time. You are now stepping into it in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. I hope you receive that. And, uh, and I'll read a verse to that, to, to that effect. Because this, this is the, uh, 
This is where we can um, listen but not hear. When you have a guest speaker and one that you never saw before, and one that you never heard, you kind of pay attention to every little thing. You never saw them, never heard them. You don't know any of their personality, so you're kind of really listening in. The problem with someone that you listen to all the time is you become familiar with them. You know their habits. You know, you know, how, you know their gestures. You know all those things. So sometimes we hear, but we, we listen, but we're not really hearing. And uh, I, I want you to hear this. Script, uh, it's a scripture in Thessalonians. You want to turn there, but chapter two, if you want to make a note. Verse 13, Paul said, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when we received the word of God, which we heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it was the truth of the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you and believe. In other words, Paul said, I came to your place, and I had a word of God, but you didn't receive me as Paul. You received what, what was said from the word from heaven. Man, I mean, uh, the, the beginning of the year, there's no way you can put in a capsule everything that God's going to do, which makes a terrible wreck out of a teacher. Because there's no way I can put this in an outline. I just gave up and forgot about it. Praise the Lord. Dorsey might just go watch the ball game. You see, you ain't gonna get, you're not going to capture me in no outline. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so I can give you the headlines. And through the year, it, uh, it, you know, as it unfolds, we'll see where it's going. Sometimes, you know, like you're, you start something or you start a series and you have an idea, you hear something the Holy Ghost saying and you go with it and it'll just turn the whole different direction. And I'm always asked, you know, what's the title? I'm thinking, I don't know. Y'all figure it out. Praise God. I don't know. I don't even know sometimes after I preach what y'all call it. And I know it's got to be short and concise, but sometimes, I mean, I need two paragraphs as a title, but we can't really do that. So our title may not be good, but I even forgot my own title and I'm the one who came up with it. What's my title? Increasing your capacity to overflow. So you see how much I had to ask. Uh, we text this morning and he said, what's your title? And I, and I had said, Lord, what's my title? <laughs> and then it came out and said, I done forgot it. So I had to ask the one who asked me what it was. Increasing your capacity for overflow. Let me ask you a few questions. If you're a business person, and God doubled your business tomorrow, can you handle it? Are you ready for it? Do you have the, the room, the capacity? Do you have the equipment? Do you have the personnel to do it? I've been in business for years before ministry and ministry is a business. Worst thing that could happen to us was 200 people showed up today. Why? We're not ready for it. Oh, we figured out somehow we put them in here. But, you know, if you have 200 people, you're going to have probably 20% of those going to be kids and babies. Nursery's not ready for 15 babies in there. I'll lose every helper I got in 10 minutes. They'll quit and walk out the door. <laughs> they all say, aren't the babies so precious? Yeah, but not so much all the time. <laughs> Depends who's keeping them. Right? So, so relevant, relevant to your capacity to receive, how much can you receive? See, see, we have to be, we have to be specific in this. In other words, if, if God blessed you with $5 million, would that be okay with you? Can you tell me in one minute how you spend it? If you can't, you're not ready for it. You never thought about it. If I were to buy this facility, which we haven't, we had a price in the beginning, uh, 12 years ago, she probably wants more for it now, but, uh, 
since real estate's went up. But if I were to purchase this property with the building over there, we don't use it. That's 9,000 more square feet over there that, that we don't even rent, but she lets us use them for storage. And then, and then, to, and then to bring it up to where we could use it, I spend a million dollars and wouldn't have a penny left. That sounds like a lot of money, don't a million dollars? But it's just really not. If you make $100,000 a year, that's just 10-year salary. Then the government kind of wants some of that. I've always wondered, we paid a property tax on, on our property. Of, she paid it online, I'm thinking. That's just kind of funny. You know, why do we pay property tax on the land on the earth that you don't own? What, why should Chilton County get tax money on, on, on the planet that they didn't create? That, that, you, that you bought and you purchased it. I'm like, why am I paying you? But if you don't pay it, you won't keep it. Anyway, that's not my sermon. I just, I, I need to get that off my chest. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that much. But hey, man, I could have had a little trip somewhere <laughs> for the difference. Go with me to Ephesians 1 real quickly, and we won't stay there, but just this is what's going to happen. We'll set it up here, and we'll, we'll jump back into it Wednesday night. My job is to get you prepared to get you ready. Ephesians 4 said the fivefold ministry is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Not to do the work of the ministry, but to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Why? Because you're called to do it. The, the multiplying force, and that's going to be a big word. Michelle and I hadn't even talked about this. I didn't do it on purpose. She used the word multiply so many times, but you may not notice it, but I, but I know because that's what he's been talking about all for two weeks. Multiply, I'm going to multiply, multiply. I said, Add, he says, I'll add some, but mostly I'm going to multiply. He said, but you got to gotta get ready for it. You got to begin to expect it, but you got to do more than expect it. You got to get ready for it. Huh? See, you know, and, I, and I'm not, and I will not, I don't mean this in a demeaning manner, but sometimes we get prophecies, you know, for 2000, this 2004, and they were really wonderful and they rhymed. Amen. There wasn't so many that rhymed with 2023, I noticed this year. Amen. And that's just, that, that's just how we think. Well, the Lord doesn't go by our calendar. If, he, if he's going to go by a calendar, he'd go by his, which, you know, was last September. That's, what the, that's when the Hebrew year changed. So we, we think the Lord's just going to wake up and have a new plan for today. Well, one, he's not going to wake up, and two, he's not going to come up with a plan. Amen. Just like we're telling Jesus happy birthday on Christmas, and it's not his birthday. Then we're telling the Lord happy new year, and he says, you're a few months old. <laughs> See, we're, we're always behind, but let's go, let's go ahead and catch up today. You want to catch up? Yeah. Let's, get, let's get right in sync with what God's doing. And I'm talking mostly to the people who's over 50 because you got more sense now than you've ever had. You, well, one, you, you, know some, you know a lot more things not to do, right? And, and when you're 50 and over, you, you, you're, you know you don't have too much time for a redo. And when you get over 60 and 70, you know you don't have time for redos. We, we, we got to go on the straight and the narrow. Amen. We're going to finish this year with a bang. Hallelujah. We'll look back at a place like this before, and, and, and it may not even be in this building. You, you say, can you remember when we used to meet there and sit in them old green chairs? That looks like the supply closet now from what, from what we're doing. Amen. <clears throat> Why? 
because the, because we're wrapping things up. Because it, it, it's all about harvest now. Let me ask you, because, because ministry has different emphasis, but, mo but most of the church and most uh, ministries that come in and preach have very little, they say very little about, you know, reaching the harvest. They say it, but very few people are doing it. Very few churches have a plan where they execute reaching the community, including us. Amen. I'm, not, I'm throwing rocks at me too. Amen. Well, let me ask you this. This is the hypothetical, which is not true. How many know the Lord's going to come back? How many know when he's going to come back? Anyone here know the exact day or hour? How many know it could be today? But let's just, let's just say today's January 1st. Let's say, uh, the, uh, let's say the Lord's going to come back on January the 21st of this year. Would y'all be okay with that, to go home on January 21st? That'd be okay with y'all? Some of you young ones say, no, I, I want to do some things. But you can do them in heaven. A lot better than you can do them on earth. Heaven has some vehicles that you never thought possible that you could drive. Amen. And they, won't, and they don't require gas. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I was talking, you know, with the Hensons. I, thought, I said, just think, when you leave this life, whenever you leave this life, because some people get depressed near the end of their life because they say, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know, if, you know. Well, you, you don't even know when you're 12 years old that, that you got 13 year, thir years, right? But no one wanted to say amen. <laughs> but I mean, as you get older, you know you got more room behind you than you got in front of you. Amen. But that all excites some people. They say, I, I, I get to move on to, a, to a, a place and dimension. In other words, I get to go see paradise. And, I, and I'll be shed of a physical body for eternity. Amen. For eternity. You'll never have the, that physical body or, or old age or restraints or any problems for eternity, which is like a really long time. But anyway, <laughs> my point is, so if, if Jesus was going to come back, you know, let's just say 30 days, what would, what would you be doing? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you might go ahead and quit work if Jesus is going to come back in, in, in 29 days? Anybody, to be honest with you, you don't quit work? I'm going to quit work too. Go ahead. How many will keep on working where you're working for the next 29 days? How many would clean out the garage? How many do any pre-spring cleaning? How many would paint that room she wants you to paint? How many would work in the yard, trim the hedges? Anybody do that? How many would go attend a seminar how to believe God to increase your finances and you're going to leave in 30 days? <laughs> What would the body of Christ probably be doing for the next 30 days as, as, as fierce as they could? What would they be doing, y'all tell me? Soul winning. To those who are what? Lost. But we don't know it's coming in 30 days, so we don't do nothing about it. And the harvest is just sitting there. Every ministry that you, that you watch on TV, they're, they're pre-taped. Very few things are live. Like I don't, I don't know what the Copeland's is, but I, mean, they, I think they're like two or three months out when they get it. So when, when they're getting ready for like to do Christmas, you know, they're doing that like in August or September so the, they can air it. And then they have to decorate the place for Christmas in August, September. So when, them, when they show you their Christmas month, that they have the background for that. That way you have time to edit and, you know, if you've got a guest coming in. And uh, when it's live, like I am right now, you might say something live. We wish you could take back, back. 
but, but I, I, don't, I don't have that luxury. I mean, you, you just get the uncut version. Sorry. Don't touch that dial. You have problems too. So here's the deal. So why don't we just go do what we would do if he was coming? Which means if we're going to do it, we're going to have to really stretch. Say stretch. stretch. You have to really stretch your imagination. And that's what he wants to do with us this year. He's going to, he's going to stretch our thinking. He's going to stretch our imagination. We're going to talk big like we, like we big stuff. Not, not pride, but we're, but we're going to talk the talk and walk the walk. I'm going to talk to y'all like we're sitting here talking to a thousand people. Hmm? Every, every pastor's had it. I, I heard it would be coming. I was warned before I started pastoring. He said there'll always be a, one or two families that will come in and try to take it over and try to run it. I said, they do? I mean, I didn't want to pastor anyway. It's like, oh, gosh. No, he said, you'll have this kind of problem and have this kind of problem. How many ever went to a church before you, you grew up in a church where you, maybe they didn't say it, but you knew there's one family in that church that ran it? I was in that church. I, I, I knew which family ran it. Did, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they might not stand up and say it and said, and here's the rule. Whoever has a checkbook rules. I have the checkbook. Amen. If I'm going to have to answer for what I'm doing, I'd like to have some, some say so in it. Does that make sense? Because this is the kingdom business. But now we're on the increase and God wants to do suddenly. He's saying, I'm really getting, I'm, I need you to get ready so I can do it suddenly. See, we, 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 could, we could preach suddenly and just have a good time preaching it. Like, ah, we could, and I, I guess I, there's some suddenly scriptures in there. We could just preach it. It'd just be a service and a sermon. Amen. But I'm talking about we're actually going to do this. We're actually going to do this. Yes. You know, I've seen people jump out of planes, you know, and that's, that's on their bucket list. It's not on mine. <laughs> uh, I, I can go to heaven without that. But, but if that's your thing, do it. But I imagine when you first fall out of the plane, who was I asking the other day about jumping out of the plane? Max, your, 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 your dad did that, don't, in, 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 I don't know what you call it, but your, his mom, Pat, Pat, Pat. Did she jump out with you? Don't you know that's got to be a rush? I think I asked him, I said, so when you jump out, I mean, what, what does it feel like as far as speed? He said, and I think he said, wide open. I didn't know if, if you know, when you're flying in a, in, in a jet, you don't, you don't feel like you're going five, six hundred miles an hour, even though you are. So I thought, well, maybe you don't feel that way like you're falling. He said, oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> you're, you're falling fast. Well, that's got to be, I don't know what's got to be. I'm not doing it. <laughs> the Lord said, low, I'm with you always. I was, I'm just going to stay on the low and, and think high. <laughs> I don't have nothing to prove to anybody. I'm not scared or scared. But I just don't want to do it. How many of y'all with me on that? Ephesians chapter 1, Paul said, I cease not, verse 16, to give thanks for you, make mention you my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you, that's you, that's you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Well, keep on reading that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you will know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe 
according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand, and to have him placed as far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name, which name, not only his word, that which has come, put all things under his feet, and be ahead of all things, church, which is the body of his power. Amen. Y'all read the rest of it. Three things that Paul prayed that, that you, would, uh, you would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You, you're, you're not breaking out or breaking through without revelation. Huh? Well, uh, people, and, and I'm talking about Christians now, because I'm talking about Christians, revelation. Most believers in a lot of churches are trying to move forward with information. And when you go with information, then you're going to have to employ your senses to, to do that. But you can't even, you, you can get a benefit from someone preaching a revelation to you, but that doesn't mean it's yours. Which means you're dealing with secondhand information. And when you're dealing with secondhand information, you don't get the same benefit as the one who's got the revelation. Brother Hagin said, you say it this way, in the body of Christ, there's voices and then there's echoes. You know what an echo is, don't you? I mean, we, we all done it. Hello, hello, hello. And it comes back to you. There's no one there but you, right? Hello, 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 hello. And then there's voices that goes out and pierces. How many of you ever heard someone, you know, minister preaching, and it may, it may just been a phrase, and when, it, and when it, you heard that phrase or that sentence or that part of that verse, it just cut like that. It's like, wow. It just, it just woke you up. Then you heard some preaching that just put you right to sleep. <laughs> I'm going to try not to be that preacher anymore. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And they all lay as, they're all laying before the Lord. <laughs> but they were snoring. So, so there's three things he wanted to give you. A spirit of wisdom revelation that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. One, that you would know the hope to what he's called, which is your calling. Two, number two, he wanted you to know of, of the inheritance that you have. But also with that talk, it's, 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 it's a dual thing he's talking about here. He says he's letting you know that, that he inherited you back. And to him, that makes him rich. He thinks inheriting us made him rich. But he also wants you to know that you have an inheritance. Your inheritance is here as long as you're on the earth. You say, well, I'm on a fixed income. Well, let's get it unfixed. Huh? Let's get it unfixed. Praise God. You know, people live on budgets. Well, that's fine. You, you should have a budget. But, but just don't make the budget your lifestyle. In other words, Expand and increase. Sometimes, you know, our, our churches, I mean, they're the same way. They have an income. And they kind of know what their income is going to be every month or every year and they have to build a budget out of it. But every now and then the check comes across and you go, whoop, glory to God. I've had a few of those whoop moments. That means I can finally get something done around here. I'm tired of them leaks. <laughs> I'm try, tired of trying to get that equipment to work <laughs> or, or not even have the equipment. Hallelujah. How many of y'all ready for a whoo moment? Amen. Glory to God. You say, whoo, look at here. Whoo, look at here. Glory to God. 
Did you know you can get rich off an inheritance better than you can work for it? Uh, think about that for a minute. Who said you had to work for it? <laughs> Maybe somebody else did. They put you in their will. If that makes you guilty, then just forward the check to me. <laughs> we know what to do with it. I don't even spend it on myself. I could spend a hundred thousand more dollars in Africa and just buy necessities. That church needs a, a van. No one in the church, including the pastor, has a car. No way to pick people up. No way to get the elderly there. No way to carry them to, you know, to get supplies. No way in the world to do it. Don't even have a car. Well, to get something decent, you know, big enough van, it might be thirty, forty thousand dollars. Now I know that's a lot for God, you know, thirty or forty thousand dollars. Can you? I don't know. If God come up forty thousand. Like that's asking a lot. Anyway. Is that too prideful? Huh? We still got wire windows on the pastor's house. You know, he don't even have windows there. We got them in the church, but he has the wire windows. You know, just the steel windows, so no one steals your stuff. But I guess they just look through it while you're sleeping. Hello, Pastor Joe. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I said, how much are the, for the windows for the house? He said, well, to buy and put them in is $1,475. Well, we didn't do that at the time. We didn't have the extra to do that. And there were so many priorities in front of that. So we're, we're, we're going to touch a lot of areas. And, and what I'm saying is God's going to bring it through you. And he's going to bring it through other places. So I just want you to get ready. I want you to get ready for. And so I want you to go to Second Kings chapter four. We've talked about this before, but we should talk about it before because we use the same book. You don't want me to change books, do you? Well, we've been doing the Bible the first 28 years. Let's go use something else this time. Time to leave the church. Second Corinthians chapter four. I call this the the more the, the more pot chapter. I, more, the more pots, Second King. I'm not talking about you know pot that people smoke. I mean, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about Second Kings chapter four. You need more pots. Y'all with me? Did I say something wrong? <laughs> Second Kings chapter four. Look like there was confusion out there. Well, I mean, the reason I said that because on my Bible up here it says more pots. That was her problem. Well, see, her husband died. And they'll do that for you sometimes. They'll, they'll just take off and leave you. Huh? They, they see heaven and say, I love you, but I'm gone, baby. I'm still a beast. Well, th this woman, husband had died, and, and he was a servant. She said, uh, the servant, she said, thy servant, my husband, is dead. Verse 1. And he says, you know that thy servant did hear the name, or did fear the Lord, and you know... Because she said he served you, see. Elisha. So this woman is just telling Elisha that my husband, your servant, has died. And you know he did fear the Lord, but she said, I got a problem. In other words, we lost the income. We had a loss of income. Is that possible? There, there's the natural side, right? If you have two incomes and one leaves... Let's see. It used to be when I went to school, two minus one is one. Is, is that still the same? 
But, but watch how the Lord does math, because the Lord can do some really funny, 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 fuzzy math. He, he, he understands how math works. That's why he gave you your finger and toes. You can count on get you started. Amen. I'm glad he had a better system because now we would have had 50 toes on each foot just like, you know, <laughs> just to help us do math. Took me a while to learn the multiplication tables. I had a test, but I had a brother who wrote uh, in the eighth grade, you know, he had a list of the, the, the uh, states and the capitals. I don't know why he did it. He didn't bring a cheat sheet. He just wrote them all on his belt. But he wore a white belt with blue ink. <laughs> he, he, he's looking constantly like this. <laughs> he made a good grade until they found his belt. <laughs> then took it off and whipped him with him with all the states. He got whipped with every state and every capital. <laughs> I said, Chris, why would you use blue ink on a white belt? He said, I don't, I don't know. I just want belt the guy right now. Montgomery, Alabama. You know, he's, you know, he's, he's like this. You don't try to move the belt around. And of course you noticed. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. He has a high IQ, though. He really does. <clears throat> Not that day, he didn't. Now, she said, so the creditors come to take him uh, because uh, she said the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. In other words, there's a debt. I can't pay it. So the creditors are going to take my bondsmen. In other words, they're going to, they're going to work the debt off. They're going to take my, our, my sons away from me to work our debts off. And Elisha said unto her, he said, I will put you on our remembrance list at church. <laughs> and we'll call the radio station. Now, some of y'all had to live in this county for a while. We'll call the radio station and we'll tell the bald-headed milkman. Y'all kind of know who the bald-headed milkman was. You can send in your prayer request. <laughs> I heard that when we moved here in the 60s from Detroit and Granny was in there making coffee and then she put coffee in a saucer or a little bowl and I was like, what is, what is that about? You know, her way of cooling it off or something like that and she'd have on the ball-headed milkman. We lived, we lived there a year while this building the house and she's up, you know, she'd go to bed like 6 o'clock in the night and wake up, you know, like 4 and just thinks everybody ought to be up. And she's playing that little little radio with the you know antennas and the tin foil, and they play the you know the country uh, they play the uh, gospel music and the ball hit a milkman come on you know he announced everything's going on whose dogs got lost and you know who's fixed to graduate and who was sick and then he we'd remember everybody. Y'all ever went to a church they put you on, put people on a remembrance list? I never saw anyone get healed on a remembrance list. Jesus said, lay hands on the remembrance list. <laughs> Cast out the remembrance list. See, church just does things. Not, not even in the Bible. It sounds nice. It sounds like, you know, that you're, that you're thinking. I mean, that, that, that part's kind. I get that. But I'd rather get healed. You can forget me. You, you can get me healed and forget me if you want to. <laughs> How many would rather get healed and forgotten than, than stay sick and be remembered? <laughs> Can you say I don't have a lot of gray area in my life? I just, it's either this way or that way. It's just, 
I, I've done a little bit better because my personality is just straight on. I, I'm an A-type personality, in case you didn't have figured that out yet. And when I hear a story, I just want you to tell me quick. I got enough, even as a kid, I got enough Yankee left in me, you know, just like, you know, that's too many details. It's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't ask all that. Oh, my and that's why the people think, you know, Yankees are rude. You know, it's like, no, they're just rude and stuck up. No, they, you know, they, they got things to do. I mean, <laughs> when you're in a metropolitan city, there's more than 12 cars on the road. I mean, Those decisions have to be made quicker. They're not, they're not rude. They're, they're good people. <laughs> they just have to live life differently. Amen. How can we get off on all that? Praise the Lord. I don't know what y'all been into because I, mean, I pick up things in the spirit. I'm going to blame it on that. But anyway, so Elisha said on her, he said, well, what should I do? He said, what you want me to do about it? Well, that, that ain't really nice. She worked. I mean, here's the prophet, right? Elisha. He's, he, this is like the foremost authority ministry in the earth at that time. Would you agree? This is the largest, most well-known, foremost authority in the earth. And the woman says, my husband died. And as you know, work for you. And we still got bills. And they're come take my children away for, for that debt. And he said, what you want me to do about it? Well, see, yeah, he ought to have been slapped. Sounded like, but he's got, he got to keep on reading. And she said, he asked her, he says, he says, well, what do you have in your house? In other words, what can you sell? Now, can you imagine asking someone like that? Say an elderly person who, who says, my husband passed away and I, I can't pay the bills. And now they come to take my children. And now they're going to, and, and, then, and, then, and, then and then you say, not only are now we not just going to put you on a members list, oh, can't, can't you sell the stuff in your house? I mean, do you really have to have furniture? No, we, we would get in and do something right to raise some money, whatever. He wants to know what she's got in her house. She's got through telling him that they're taking my kids. My gosh, they're taking my kids. She didn't say they're taking the bedroom suit back, you know, to Ashley Furniture. They said they're taking my kids. And he wants to know what she got in the house. Foremost authority of ministry, the largest ministry in the world at the time, you know, well, what you got in the house? Well, she had a little pot of oil. That's why I said this is the wildest book ever been written. This is a this is crazy wild book. It's wild. That's why people think sometimes as a Christian you're 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 weird, but you're not weird. You're you're the Bible says you're peculiar. You're strange, and the reason is because you're not even from here. You're not even from Earth. You came straight out of heaven. I told you last week, you know, when people asked me, said, do you believe in aliens? And they said, I said, yeah, I believe in aliens. And they said, you do? I said, yeah. They said, why would you believe in aliens? I said, because I'm one myself. <laughs> the Bible said you're an alien, you're a pilgrim, you're a stranger. You're not even from this planet. So good to have you fellow aliens here this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to see y'all's new ship, you know, see in case y'all got a new one this year. Glory to God. Now watch here. So he tells her, he says, in verse 3, he said, Go borrow vessels abroad of all your neighbors and even empty vessels, and borrow not a few. And when you come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and they shall pour out unto all the vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. 
So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought, to, who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Verse 6, And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And they said unto her, There's not a vessel more. And the oil did what? Stayed. Different translations say it all different ways. The, uh, one, uh, several translations said the oil stopped multiplying. Can't prove it, don't know. How many feel like if she'd had three more vessels or ten more vessels, she could have kept pouring? Who limited who? Did she tap God out, out of the oil? No. She just had no more capacity to receive the blessing and the supernatural blessing from heaven. She had reached her capacity. Have you reached yours? We say we want more and we want to be a greater steward of it. But what is your capacity for more look like? See, a lot, a lot of this thing is management, it's leadership. You know, we just think, you know, it's just Holy Ghost and, you know, but Pentecostal is just like, it's just a shouting, woo, glory to God, we just run around the room. Well, after you get through running, you know, you need to plan. When Jesus fed the 5,000, which is probably, what, 15, 20,000? Remember that? He had them set, set them down in ranks of 50. That's called or, organizing for a miracle. You can't reach the world until you can organize your sock drawer. If the garage, if your garage, if your garage in the back seat of your car in the in floorboard look about the same, you're not ready to reach the world yet. If you're not ready to take care of an old car, you're not ready for a new one. If you won't take care of the old house, why would you ask God for a new one? Because you've already shown him, I, I have no respect for the one that I do have. I know I'm meddling right now. Not thinking of anyone. I, I don't know what you don't want to come see either. And don't repent to me. I don't have any place in the booth where you can go to and I'm on the other <laughs> side. <I'm> like, <laughs> I'm not doing all that. Praise God. You have a high priest. Hallelujah. But you've got to get ready for increase. Most people aren't prepared for it. In the upper room, most people weren't prepared for it. Jesus told 500 people to go and wait. And it was, what, 50 more days. Most of them thought, I, I can't do this. I've got I to get back home. I've got to mow the grass. I've got to wash the dog. That dog probably has ticks all over it. We've got to go, you know, buy groceries. We've got to, you know i got to go to work. I can't take no 50 days. So 380 people missed the move of God because they weren't ready for the supernatural. Are we ready? Are we prepared? What is, what is the capacity of, of you ready to receive? You say, well, I'm confessing increase. Okay, that's good. You should. That's, that's the word. In other words, you believe it, you speak it, by faith, you're coming to agreement with it. But what would it look like and are you ready for that? 
do you despise the small things because you're waiting for the big thing? I was offered one time in 2005 to take a church in Arkansas. Of about, he said, it's down now because the pastor's gone. And um, he says, you won't have to try out. Pastor Buzzy, but now, you know, went here for a year. And he said, uh, I'll go there every year and preach. He says, uh, all I got to do is make a phone call. You'll be the pastor next week. He says, but, he says, down to about 180, but he says, but he said, there's it'll probably go back up to 250 in a month or two. And he said, this is about what the pay a pastor, which would have been like a triple increase for me. And I said, Lord, do you want me to move to Arkansas? He said, have I ever told you I did? I said, no, sir. He says, that's not for you. But if I just went by, well, that'd be fun to pastor 250 people and have triple my income. You know, I just couldn't see, you know, being an Arkansas f football fan with a, a hog. It's just like, mm, anyway, it ain't worth the money. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but see, I, but I, I wasn't called. I wasn't called to those people. <clears throat> you know, whether it was two people here or a thousand there, I was called here. So if I'm faithful here, if it was 10 people and never increased, if I was faithful with the 10 or the three or the two or the 100, I'll get the same, I'll get the exact same reward that Billy Graham will get for filling up stadiums. If, if you're faithful to help do what we're doing and, and help the ministries and, and help uh, Emily and Global Ventures and, and do what we're doing in Africa and places like that, you'll get the same reward as those who's getting on the plane and going through all the discomforts and going. That, that's, I don't know why the Lord, looked like the Lord would say 70, 30. But he, but he said the exact same thing. He said the sender gets the same thing as the goer, he said, because they enter into the same harvest. They can't go without your help and out without your prayers. But a lot of you are not in a position to go. So some, some of us are goers and some of us are senders. But some of you, and I'm, I'm kind of bad them, but I'm just talking here maybe to you too if you're listening. But, but you're going to have to begin to start to open your thinking to do something that you, you've never done before. In other words, we've said this in years gone by, when was the last time you done, when was the last time you done the, you know, the, uh, a, new, a, new, a new thing for the first time? When was the last time you did something new for the first time? If an opportunity comes up, would you minister someone on the opposite side of the gas pump if the opportunity came up? Or are you just going to pump your gas and think, once they're saved, looks like they kind of got a sore leg or whatever, and got a cast or whatever. Maybe I could pray. Or you just let it go by. And someone asks you, you know, do you want to share a testimony? Do you, could you share? Or are you more concerned about talking in front of people? I, I get all the talk in front of people, but who's in you? If, do you? if you believe the greater one's in you, then we're leaning on him. See, we're, we're standing on the word and we're leaning on the Holy Ghost. So I work for the Stand Lean Corporation. Standing on the word, leaning on the Holy Ghost. He's my helper. The Lord, never, the Lord didn't call anyone because they were great orators. And we have some great ones. T.D. Jakes is a great orator. I wouldn't want to preach with him in any kind of meeting. 
Amen. That man can preach faster than I can think. Rod Parsley, he can preach faster. I mean, he, he, I, I, you know, we, we used to have the old vinyl albums. You know, you have the 78s and the, what was it, 33s? Which one's the slow speed? 33? I'd have to put Rod Parsley on slow, drag him down just to get him down to my, my speed of speech. So I'm not ever going to be them. But I'm not supposed to be them. You're supposed to be you. You're supposed to be you. That's when God gets the glory, when he gets the uniqueness of what he, he put in you. So when the opportunities come, we should jump on them. When someone asks you to leave something, you should do it. Well, so, uh, when I say that, I know it's an opening statement. I don't mean the answer is yes to anybody who says anything. But I mean when an opportunity comes up to share, whether it's to teach here or teach in a Bible study and someone offers you uh, a place to minister, you ought to say, thank you for the opportunity. I'm, I'm grateful. You just tell me when, when, when to go. I'll be ready. Hmm? Amen. Because that, that's coming to you. That's coming to you. So you're going to have to increase your capacity to receive. If you don't know what you do with a billion dollars, if you can't tell me in one minute, you've never thought about it, really. If you really don't know what you do with a hundred million dollars, that's because you have no vision for it. It would just be a fun thing like winning the lottery and we'll try to figure it out as we go. But see, the Lord's looking... It says the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth to find someone whose heart is strong in him. God wants to do a strong, increased capacity work in you, but he's looking for someone that he can, he can partner with. Can, can he partner with you? Are you ready to go? How long will it take you to get ready? Would you be like the, 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 the virgins who didn't have the, the, the lamps and oil ready and the Lord's coming and they're not ready to go? Or are we going to be ready? Hmm? Sometimes we're there, but we're not in position. In sports, most of the time, I mean, like yesterday, the, so the, you know, some of y'all watched it, the four final teams you know, played. And you know, I, I didn't have a dog in the hunt with Georgia and Ohio State, but that was a dog fight. I mean, it come down to the last three seconds. That would just meant one or two plays on, on either team would have made the difference of who won or won or lost just by two plays. And the reason why some of them didn't make the play because they was on the field, but they was out of position. In other words, you, you wasn't ready if you was playing defense. You was out of position, and they saw you was out of position and took advantage of it. So the enemy knows that you're here, but he knows whether or not you're in your position. Mentally, Spiritually and physically. Are you in position for increase? Are you ready for promotion? We're not waiting on him. At all. This church can multiply in six months, be three times bigger than it is, just that quickly if the body of Christ wanted to, wanted to multiply because the, the multiplication to do so is already in, is in every one of you. Sheep beget sheep. Pastors don't beget sheep. Sheep beget sheep. The multiplying is in you. So the oil stopped because she ran out of containers to put it in. God wasn't through. 
If you think about the, the, the woman in 1 Kings 17, remember her? When, when Elisha went over there and there was a famine because he prophesied it. How about that? You give a prophecy, then you have to live in the conditions of your own prophecy. And God said, go to the brook, Cherith, the Sharith, however you want to pronounce it. And he was there for a while and the ravens was coming. Remember, they was feeding him and he drank of the brook. That's supernatural. Uh, a, carniv a, a carnivore does not bring you meat. <laughs> the, 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 they keep their supply. How many of you know it's supernatural? Yes. Have you ever had a bird bring you, or, you know, have you ever had a bird run by and get you a cheeseburger and drop it off at your house? <laughs> I've never have had that. Now, I've had a cow, you know, slaughtered and made cheeseburgers, <laughs> but I've never had an animal bring me a cheeseburger. No. You know, and then it comes to, would you like to make one? Of course. So that's supernatural. But what happened when the brook dried up? He couldn't stay there anymore, but, but then he got further instructions. See, for every supernatural provision and increase in this year, there'll, there'll come instructions. If you're not ready to move in the instructions, you're not ready for the increase. The instructions that you obey will be the result of, the, of, of, of what you will receive. The instructions that you obey. And sometimes when you get the instructions, they're not at the best time of your life. It's not when you look like, yeah, this is a great time. <laughs> you know, taking three children to Bible school, I mean, it's 1992. But, you know, I mean, you, you don't go to Bible school and build a career. I mean, you, I mean what serious job are you going to get when you tell them I'm coming at 1 o'clock in the afternoon? So you work retail or restaurant or do whatever. But I still had family. You know, I was, I was 30 years old. I, I had three children. So I was making $7 an hour. We didn't know what to do with all the money. It was just piled on us, whatever. <laughs> My part of the rent was $475 a month. And then half the utilities. Then you got Bible school costs. Then you got gas. Then you got food. And you got whatever. So I never made over $14,000 a year in 1992, 93. I had three kids. And then my wife comes up and tells me she's pregnant. And I, it, it made me mad. I said, what have you done? <laughs> Do you not understand we're at Bible school? Do you not understand I don't have any insurance? How in the world are we going to have a baby? So it looked like we was going to have to call it quits second year and go home. I couldn't believe it. We, and, we, and we weren't planning for a fourth. We were going to have two when we got married, a boy and a girl. But, but what happened to us, it was a boy and a boy, so she didn't get the girl, so she wanted the girl. So then we got the girl, so we oh, we're through. And then we were through five years later in Bible school, making no money at all. I mean, you, you got to believe for God that hundreds of dollars comes to you from somewhere in the mailbox or somewhere to even stay there. So this is not family planning. Let's have another child just so we can say one was born in Oklahoma. Christine is really from Oklahoma. She doesn't remember it at all. She was born in Tulsa at, at St. Francis Hospital in a Catholic hospital. It was pink. The whole hospital was pink unless they changed it. Yeah. Hail, what Pastor Buzz used to say, Hail Mary, full of grace, give me a Cadillac. <laughs> she was the only child that we had that we didn't even have debts on. It was supernaturally taken care of. And I, and I stayed at Bible school. And the Lord gave me a word for it because I said, you know, Michelle's four or five months pregnant and she hadn't been to a doctor yet. 
the, the man part of me felt like the devil was beating me up. He says, and you call yourself a man and a husband? Your wife's four or five months pregnant and she hadn't been to see a doctor? And I, and I was like, I, I guess I need to go home. Or else we got to stay here and I got to go get a serious job. And I guess we'll just, are we going to stay and live here for more years? And I left my retail job uh, going to Bible school because it was just too hard to come in at one o'clock and do retail because I was in sales because I knew floor covering. And I came back and then, you know, I'd have all kinds of problems on my desk to put all kinds of fires to put out from people who were doing the installer. It, it, and I knew how to do that because, you know, I co-owned the company. But I didn't have time to do it. So people told me, the, the, there's guys told me, they said, um, the, they hire Raymond grads all the time down school just to, you know, just to um, be custodians, janitors in the school. And I turned out they was making as much money as I was. And uh, so I went down there and applied. And uh, I got the job. And I thought, well, sure, I can get a job. They said, well, you'll be on probation. I thought that was funny, probation for a janitor. It was. They did the white glove test. And uh, I worked at uh, Broken Arrow High School, and all it was was juniors and seniors, and there was 2,000. And that one school was just juniors and seniors. And I, had, I was given a building uh, to clean every night. It had 28 classrooms and eight bathrooms. And eight bathrooms had vending stalls to it. And they said, this will be your run, West. I said, my wife, they said, they said, the, they said the B building, the whole building up, you know, there's 14 classrooms upstairs, downstairs. They said, this is your run. I said, why are you called a run? He says, you'll know when, when you meet us back here for lunch why they called a run. Because you will run your rear end off to even make it even possible. I was eating like a horse and I lost 28 pounds in one month, sweated it all. I mopped 800 foot of floors every night. Got home at midnight, took a shower, had to get up, you know, five and a half hours later and try to get ready for Bible school and miss it there. But I had grace to do it. Then, she, then, then we end up with a baby. Well, after 90 days, uh, they bring me in there and says, well, we want you to know that you got the job if you want it because, you know, we, you passed the probation. I said, well, that's great. And they said, you, you get a 30 cent raise. So I went from six seventy-five to seven dollars, and they said, "And you get insurance." I said, "I get insurance." They said, "You get insurance." They said, "You can pick any plan you want to. We'll pay this and this, this and this." And I says, "Well, I wish I'd known this before." I said, "I got my wife pregnant." I said, "Well, then you need this insurance." And this is, you know, before that day. I said, "No, she's already pregnant." I said, "We know that. It doesn't matter." I says, "What do you mean it doesn't matter? There's, there's no such thing as insurance that don't matter. If they're already pregnant." I'm talking about 1992. This is this one. It doesn't matter. Well, if I stayed back there in the floor cabinet, there was no insurance. There was nothing there but headaches. So I ended up with the best insurance, and I'm, I'm just mopping the floors. But the reason I didn't go home, because everything said you ought to go home, and I wasn't able to take care of what was coming next with, with another child, which we weren't believing God for. I mean, don't have no complex about that, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, let me ask some of y'all. Are y'all believing for any kids? Are you believing for any kid? How about y'all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, nobody in here is believing for no more kids. So, so we love Christian, but I'm just saying, but, but we, didn't, we didn't see that coming. <laughs> we didn't see that coming. We didn't even talk about it for three weeks because if we did, we'd just both start crying. 
Oh, she, she told me she was, and I was mad at her. Then I thought, well, I don't, you know, I was like, I guess I can't get mad. But God, gosh, what would I mean? Just like, I, I said, really, really, really? And I was mopping these floors and, you know, I was vacuuming the classroom and some teacher went there and they had all this. They must like teacher because she had hundreds of pictures of students who gave a, a picture. She had them on her, you know, board and I'd be vacuuming her class, you know, you know, eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. And I was just looking at them. There was a little brown hair girl. Her name was Kristen. And I come home. I said, can I can, can we call her Kristen? She said, oh, uh, I guess I said, well, good. I said, she said, where'd you come up with that? I said, I was back in one of the classrooms out of 28. And I just, well, I'm just a little brown hair girl. I said, I think she'll have brown hair. I'm, I'm going to call her Kristen. She said, I guess so. I got that as a janitor. But the reason I didn't stay, now watch here. The reason I, I didn't take the natural route and drop out of school or just come back home and take the business back over and got a raise is because the Lord told me to go to he told me to go to Broken Arrow and go to Bible school. And, and, and school was two years. It wasn't one and uh-oh, go home. So I was in the ladies' restroom. I'm just telling you the details how it came. I was in the ladies' restroom. At, I mean, it was that night. I'm school, kids, I mean, uh, school's over. Custodian's in the building by himself. Okay, I just don't. I know my gender. I'm not a pervert. You got to cover everything nowadays, you know, just like everything. If you think it's just basic information, it's not anymore. So I'm in the stall and, and see, I have a belt around me like a carpenter belt. It's got all kind of tools. I got putty nice because kids back then, they got, you know, most of all their classrooms is carpet. And a lot of them, when they got through the chewing gum, they, they just spit it on the carpet and you'd have gum in the carpet. But I had stuff, you know, that would, you could spray on it like, you know, uh, what you put in the air conditioner, what you call it? Freon, I could free on it and it, you know, and it crack it up. Then you could boom. So I had all kinds of tools. And, and I was, and I thought, I'm just going to go home. I'm going to go back to Alabama, I guess. I said, Lord, well, I don't know what to do. I said, I need to pay the tuition for both of us this week. But with this same money, I could at least begin to send Michelle to the doctor. She's four months pregnant or whatever it was, four or five. I said, I, I, I feel like a heel. I, I feel like less than a provider. I don't know what to do. All of a sudden, just all of a sudden, I'll never forget it. I, I'll never forget. I was in the ladies' restroom upstairs. There were six stalls. I was in stall number two to the left. And all of a sudden, the word of the Lord came to me. I mean, I, it wasn't audible, but it was very distinct. And he says, just as I said to, just as I said to Joshua, as I was to Moses, so I shall be with you all the days of your life. No man shall stand before you all the days of your life. And, and then if you read that whole chapter, he says, he says, and I will go with you everywhere that you go. He says, so I'm on this whole journey. You, you ran into, uh-oh, but it wasn't an uh-oh moment for me. He says, pay your tuition. I'll handle the other. Now you think, well, that ain't no big deal. It was for me because I'm, I'm the one who felt, you know, I'm the provider. And she wasn't having any problems, but you know, you know, you don't want to be pregnant and go to the emergency room and say, I think I'm fixing to drop. 
You know, I mean, you, you want to see someone before then have a relationship with someone. <laughs> What's the problems? <laughs> Who's your doctor? Well, who's he? My stupid husband. <laughs> so we, we went to Tulsa, had a baby. Graduation was, um, um, your birthday's on the 20th, right? June 20th. We graduated on, from Raymond on May the 20th. But I couldn't leave until she had the baby. So she had the baby one month after. So when Michelle went to graduation, she had on a red gown, and she she's trying to walk up the stage. <laughs> oh, this is a long service. And she shook the Hagen's hand, and then she tried to get back down the stairs. You know, she <laughs> she was swolt, S W O L T swolt. That's almost Tennessee. I mean, that's almost Mississippi talk. But anyway, she. She had the baby one month after graduation. Everything was fine. And we were packing the furniture. Uh, the Henson's son, Josh, was living with us, and he was moving to an apartment because he had one more year to go. And, he, and so he was moving out, and we was cleaning the house because I needed, that, I, I needed that deposit back. Boy, I needed it back. Boy, I'm telling you, I needed that deposit back. It, it, was, it was $500. It was the difference of leaving there or, or still being an Oklahomian. Well, what do you call them? Okie from Muskogee. So I, I was with a toothbrush on baseboards. <laughs> I've never done a baseboard like that since. But he, so the guy who came in there, he owned like 30 houses. I forget his name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He had, had a bunch of houses. He come looked at the house and I said, he, he said, uh, wow. He said, it looks better than when I rented it to you. I said, yes, sir. I said, everywhere you look. I said, this is as clean as you can be. He said, well, I appreciate you caring, taking care of my property. I said, well, we try to take care of this, but I'll just be honest with you, I need that deposit today. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you do? I said, yeah, I need to rent a big truck today. I need the check and cash it today. <laughs> he said, okay, okay, you've been a good tenant. So he gave me $500 per answer. We had enough money to get home. So we, we was doing loading furniture and Michelle, you know, we moved four days after she gave birth. We had a, um, God blessed us with a, a minivan from our pastor, who was our pastor, who passed away three days ago. We had his funeral tomorrow. He gave us a minivan and uh, the air conditioner had quit on it, but I didn't have enough money to put Freon in it. That was a hot trip. So on the way back, she cried and she cried. They both cried. She was trying to feed the baby, couldn't get the milk to come, there was no air conditioning, it was 650 more miles to go, and it was a long, 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 long trip. We had a 26-foot U-Haul. We had a trailer behind it. Uh, uh, trailing a Toyota Corolla that had been wrecked, but I had to get it out of there. And uh, it wouldn't move. So everyone in the neighborhood come over there and just basically picked up a Corolla and put it on the trailer. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because it wouldn't move. All the tires just flat. It was, it was not mobile anymore, but I had to get it out of the house. So we picked it up and put it on the trailer. So I can say I have picked up a car, not by myself, but I know what it's like to pick up a car. 
This is two years of rhema. This is, this is a faith man. Woo! Glory to God. I speak to the car and it obeys me. <laughs> With 30 more people. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? This 28 years, she's talking about, we'll finish 28 years, June, start 29 after June. It's been a trip. It's been wild. And God's been on the, the whole time. And I've and I just been trying to catch up. And now he's telling me, he says, tell them I'm ready to do suddenly. But he says, they're going to have to increase their capacity. They're going to have to increase the place to put it when, when I bring the increase, whatever that looks like. For, for some of you, maybe going back to school. For some of you, maybe continue school. For some of you, maybe it's business. Some of you may be doing something that you've always dreamed of doing, but you never dared to do it. But now's the time to do it. You've got to have a, a capacity to receive more. The oil only stopped because there was no other place to put it. There was more oil to come. And that woman who fed the prophet when he left there in Zarephath. Here, I'm going to see me close my Bible. That way you know I'm, I'm closing this thing. He went there and he told the widow woman, he said, you know, bring, bring me some water. And she said, she said, okay. He said, oh, bring me a cake, a little cake. She said, no, no, no. I got water. There's no cake. You know the story. She said, I have enough meal right here in my house, a handful of meal, just a handful, that I can bake a small cake for me and my son. This is, I mean, we, we read it as a story, but th this actually happened in someone's life. This is the real, you're, you're going to meet these people. How many of you would like to have your match one day to tell that story? You know, I mean, she has a name. I'm sure it's not the woman from Zarephath. But I mean, she has a name. I don't know if it's Lollipop or what it is. I don't know what her name is. Good, good morning, Sally. I, but she has a name. And that son, I, and I'm going to invite her one, one day. It can't be one night. There's no night. You're never going to need to sleep. But if you like to sleep, the Lord's going to let you do that. Amen. How many like to sleep sometimes? I do too. Amen. But then I had a dream last night. I couldn't get away from some people in my dream. I woke me back up. But anyway. Um, <laughs> So she said, I'm, fit. She said, I'm, I'm out here. Get, what, I, what I was out here doing was gathering sticks. I'm a, I was going to build a fire to cook the cake. And then she said, we're going to eat it. And then we're going we're to die. You ever had anyone tell you that? This is all the food we got. We're going to eat it. And then we're going to die. True story. That's serious. Isn't it? That, that, that's real serious. Never happened to you. I don't even know anyone that's happened to. Personally, do you? Prophet standing right there. And, and, and he had the audacity, said, I heard you, go make me a cake first. If, if that got out on Christian TV, what that prophet said to that woman, take what little you have. I, I mean, she said, this is the last bit of food in the pantry, just a small cake. We're going to half it and we're going to die. And then the preacher says, yeah, no, but, but make, me part, uh, make, make me a cake out of that first. That sounds awful, doesn't it? I mean, it really does. They, the, uh, if, if they got it on Christian TV, they, they write all kinds of articles about whatever. <laughs> like they do about Brother Copeland having a jet. <sighs> well, try, try to fly to some of the islands that he goes to in the jet. Commercial airlines. 
If it's overboard, then God will have to do with it. I don't even know. I don't know. I'm not his judge. But I know this. She had a choice to make. She was at the end. Literally at the end. And God had more for her and she couldn't see it because it wasn't visible to the eye. And, but she had to make a decision and she said, I'll take part of what I was going to eat and my son was going to eat and I'll feed the man of God first. In other words, I'll, I'll, I'll do kingdom business first. Elijah represented God himself because it didn't seem like it, but it says he had commanded her. In other words, he was already dealing with her heart before he got there. Apparently. She went and made a cake and brought it to him. And then he stayed there with her for a year. And as you know, God, uh-oh, there's that word again. What did he do? He multiplied whatever little meal she had. It was the perpetual miracle that Michelle was talking about. It was the perpetual miracle that happened every day Every day, every day, every day. So, if, if, if you're in a time, like they say we're headed into this year, of inflation, that doesn't scare God. Because when you can increase perpetually every day, notice God's not sending, He didn't say He sent Him an invoice. But he's perpetually increasing the meal that you have every day. And you take out, you eat, he, he adds back, you take out, he multiplies, he multiplies. And until that time was over of that prophecy and things were restored and then it stopped because it was not needed any longer. The easiest thing for God to do something he's already done. How many God's already done a miracle in your life that's pretty amazing? I mean, whether it's 10 years ago or 30 years ago. So it's no problem for him to do that again. He just, he said, just, just get him away, just do it again. And the reason why some of your problems, and I'll close right here, the reason why some of your problems don't go away yet, the Lord, this, the, now let me interject this. This is opinion. This is my opinion. I always like to do that. I think the Lord lets some of your problems go with you sometimes because it'll help you. They'll stay with you for a little while because, uh, because there, there's different levels of walking with God. You know, everyone here, if you, if you grew up praying at night, you said some form of, night, lay me down to sleep. Oh, pray to God, my brother washed his feet. <laughs> Do it the same right now. Now, lay me down to sleep, what? I pray the Lord, what? If I should, before I, I pray my, oh, y'all prayed it too. How many of y'all prayed that last night? No one prayed it. How many of you do pray sometimes at night or every night? So, so you've grown, haven't you? You've matured. You've, you've increased. You have a different relationship. You, you walk further with God. Some of the problems will go with you because 2 Corinthians says, I like the translation, the passage translation said, God will test the severity of the test that you're in. In other words, he'll filter the whole thing like, like into an x-ray. He knows you. He knows where you are. He knows where you are spiritually, mentally. He knows everything. He said, I'll, I'll te uh, he said, I will test the test. I'll filter it to know whether you're ready. Because if, if you're not ready, I'll just pull you out. Isn't that good? But the Lord wants you to increase to whether you get to the days where something comes, you just go, ah, no big deal. Satan, you don't bother me. Get under my feet. 
I resist you in Jesus' name. Get out. And you go on. And a lot of you have already grown past that. But sometimes those tests go with you. And just like Moses, they'll go all the way to the Red Sea. Because it's the plan of God for, the, for Pharaoh and his people to come to the Red Sea. Because he's going to end it right there. So a Red Sea moment can be a great day for you. Because you feel trapped. But there's provision on the other side that you didn't know about. And I think it's Psalms 77 or 78, somewhere in there, uh, the NLT translation says, God went before Moses and he marked the spot. He, in other words, he, if it was a chalk line, he chalked this, the exact line where they would go through the Red Sea. God went ahead of him before Moses ever got there. And he, he chose the place where they would go forth. But he didn't tell Moses he did that. And so problems are right behind you. They're all around you. What are you going to do? That's what happens. That's what you hear in your head. What am I going to do? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What, what are we going to do? I mean, I, I, I mean I, how, how, how are we going to get from here to the end? How are we going to retire? How are we going to do this? What are we going to do about my health? What, I, mean, what, I mean, what if I don't have the money? What are we going to do about the kid? You ever heard that? <laughs> Can I give you some advice? It ain't the Holy Ghost talking to you. Amen. The Holy Ghost ain't never asked you what we're going to do. <laughs> I'm the Holy Ghost. It means I'm scared myself. Like, boo. <laughs> no, he's a genius. He never asked you what, what, you, what, what we're going to do. <laughs> That's our mind. That's our feeling. Like, what the hell am I going to do? I mean, what are we going to do? <laughs> There's no way the Holy Ghost ever asked you, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> so identify the source when you say, what, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> so, I'm not talking to myself anymore. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to say, shut up, devil, and, and shut up me. Shut up. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, if your house is on fire, I mean, it's on, you know, you go ahead and get out. You know, don't just stand and say it's not on fire. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's beyond you throwing a blanket of water on it. It's on fire. You can't just stand there and say it's not on fire. It's on fire. But when you call the fire truck, get out. Amen. Right? Now, you may be all excited outside going, oh, whatever, but it's still, you know, doing what it's doing. But the fire truck's coming. So, so when you put the Holy Ghost on the situation, so he's already filtered every test that, you're, that you've ever been in, that you'll ever be through. He, 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 he's been here a long time before you ever got here. You're just now asking the questions that he knew before you was born that you'd be at this day wondering what the uh, I'm going to do. And he already knows the way from here. So you're really at the Red Sea and you look like you're blocked. There's no way to go through. But God says, uh-uh, I, I, I came out here last week and I, and I popped a chalk line and I'm about to split it open and I want your problems to follow you. You can swim, but your problems can't. <laughs> in other words, everything that come against you in 2022, today is going to get drowned. <laughs> today, it's not going to make it through. It's not going to come into the new year with you. You're walking a new path in a new way. You're walking with God Almighty. You're walking with Elohim, El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough, the all-sufficient one. He's not trying to figure a way or make a way or hope there's a way or turn a new leaf over. He's about increasing overflow and reigning and ruling with him as heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. 
What, what are you going to do? Hey, we're taking over. We're taking over. We're in a year of the fulfilled promises of God that, that you've waited too long for. But we're going to cause a, a capacity to be stressed on the inside. Hallelujah. Albert, I think it was Albert Einstein who they, they told him he was an idiot in school. Turned out they were the idiot. He said, the person with a godly imagination will rule the world. A person with imagination, the godly imagination will rule this world. All things are possible to him that believeth. If God can come down into the second stall of a commode room in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, with me in my belt with all kinds of tools to scrape up gum and clean stuff out of commodes and stuff that I shouldn't even have to see and pay for a baby. And then we got to where after a while we liked her. <laughs> if we could just had all their children first, we would never had none of them. No, I was kidding. <laughs> you could just kiss them and give them a cookie and give them bye. God bless y'all. Amen. Would you put your hand next to this person next to you? Praise the Lord. Or someone, just join your faith with someone too that, that's not just... In the, and I want you just to, to speak the blessings of God upon them. Zach, find someone for you. Praise the Lord. Just touch and agree and begin to speak and release the blessing and the increase of God upon them. Just release it because that power is in you right now to live out the vision and the dreams that, that God has put in for the gifts of God to come into operation at this time in the name of Jesus. And by the, in the, keep on praying. For the righteous cry and the Lord hears them and he knows all their troubles. But he says, I will seek you out and I, I have found you and I have placed my heart within you. And now you shall walk a path that's new to you. It's not new to me, but it's new to you. But fear not as you walk forth. Know that the, my spirit, the spirit of grace has, has enlightened you and has prepared you for this day and for this hour. And now you shall walk into the place that has been planned for you. And you shall bring a harvest into me, into my kingdom. And you shall bring a harvest around this world. And I will do it even from this place right here so that I will get more glory. I didn't put you in a metropolitan city to do it. I brought you into the place out into the country, out into the place that's insignificant to the world. But from this place, not because of you, but because of your willingness to let him use you. I will put a display of my glory upon each of you. I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. We prophesy increase upon you in the name of Jesus. Strength to your body right now in Jesus name. I call you strong. I call you healthy. I say you will fulfill the number of your days. I know there's a natural body. People say, well, you know, but there's DNA. I, I understand DNA, some. 
When the devil wants to talk to you about your DNA, you just tell him. DNA for, to you devil means do not approach me. Do not approach. But it's the, it's the divine nature attributes of God. When you got born again, you were refathered. And your father doesn't have those conditions that we all have genetically from our parents. There's a natural side to that. I understand all that. But you, you can supersede by, by, by faith that which is lacking in the, in, in the genetic. It's happened time and time and time again. There's nothing wrong with good nutrition. You ought to practice it. But did you know that today they tell me that there's not one nutritionist who ever lived to be 100 years old? They might have lived a, a healthier life up to then. Be better than living to be 100 years old and sick all the time, right? But there's not been a new, one nutritionist that, we, that I can find. Search the internet. I heard that. I said, well, I'm going to research myself. Can't find one person who's a nutritionist who's ever lived to be 100 years old. Amen. And it's not necessarily the age, as the saying is. It's not the duration of your life as much, but the donation of your life. Pastor Buzzy lived to be 69 years old. That doesn't make any sense to me. He's had thousands of people healed. But he, I, I just wasn't picking up on his conversation when I met him. He said, I got one more good run of me. And I didn't know what that meant. Didn't want, didn't want to ask him. He was ready to go. He's touched more lives in 69 years than most people live. If they just live a natural life here for 300 years. So don't get hung up on a number. Live to your satisfaction. You know, your body's the temple, but your, your body doesn't give orders. It takes orders from the Spirit. You can say, well, I mean, that, it works that way in the military, right? You say, well, I've been, I've been uh, promoted to sergeant. Well, if a two or three star general comes on, on the scene, you can't say, well, I'm promoted. Now we're even. No, you, no, you're not even. You might lose some stripes if you talk the wrong way. So you, your spirit is general. And the conflict is between your soul and your body. Because you have the five senses that work through your mind and your body. And there's a fight there. That's, that's, that's why he gave you weapons. Those weapons aren't for your spirit because your spirit doesn't need any protection. Does it? Your spirit seal. You have everything Jesus is inside your spirit. You, you, do you really believe that? Everything Jesus is is sealed, already sealed in you right now, sitting in that seat here in Jemison, Alabama, in your spirit. You're 100% what Jesus is, as he is, so are you right now, sealed up in your spirit. You know what we need to do? Learn how to release that into our, ourselves and into the population. You ought to become so harvest-minded every time you pump gas, you're looking. Every time you're sitting, going through a drive-through, whatever. I mean, you, you can't take, you know, someone's job over and get them in trouble. But, I mean, you, you're, you're harvest-minded, so you're looking. You're harvest-minded, so you're thinking. You're harvest-minded, so you're believing for finances to sow. Right? Because it's that time. Well, God bless you. Amen. Had a big day today. We're going to stay on this. Move forward in it. Don't know which way it'll go. But uh, 
God's ready. Are you? Amen. God bless you.